Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, today I wanted to start off with some advice given to us by a wise philosopher by the name of Beyonce Knowles. You mean uh, Sasha Fierce? I think she was Sasha Fierce when she gave me this advice. Um, it's a, It was two-pronged advice. First to the ladies, it was put your hand up. Uh-huh. And then to the men, it was if you like it, put a ring on it. Mm-hmm. Now, I started thinking about how Beyonce recently married Jay-Z. Uh-huh. They put the ring on it. They're both independently wealthy, so I don't think they had to have the same conversations that other ladies might have to have about bank accounts, about, you know, where they're going to live, who's mm-hmm. going to put the down payment on the house, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking about this article we have on our site called, Is Marriage a Good Investment? Because I think for someone like Beyonce, it doesn't really matter. Right. Beyonce can marry who she wants. Exactly. Doesn't matter. Beyonce is a good investment. Yeah. But back to the article. Is marriage a good investment? Full disclosure, it was written by a married man. Yep. And he comes to the conclusion that, yeah, it's a good investment. Yeah, overall, you know, there's some pros, there's some cons. But, but Kristen, we're single ladies. Would we have come to the same conclusion if we had written the article? I don't know, Molly. From the research that we've done, we might be at a conflict with, uh, with this article a little bit. Okay. Lay, lay your first point on me. Let's hash it out. First of all, Cost of a wedding. Average Expensive. cost. 28 grand. Oof. I don't understand that, Molly. I will buy my gown from a thrift store and serve little Debbies at my reception. I'm not paying $28,000 for a wedding. I, I hope I can play this podcast back for you someday, <laughs> should your po- wedding ever get out of hand. And, and, and other things are going to get out of hand. Like, let's not even approach kids. Yeah. Expensive. Forget about kids. <laughs> <laughs> they're too, they're too expensive. Things like divorce are expensive. But if you're, let's say, you know, you've got the choice. Single ladies, stay single, get married. 
first thing that comes to my mind is cost of living in terms mm-hmm. of rent. Right. Month to month cost of living. Yeah. Obviously, it seems it'd be much cheaper to have two people splitting those costs. Yes, Molly, you are correct. Ding, ding, ding. For a couple and a single person living in New York City. All right. For the couple, 9.3% of their gross monthly income is going to rent. Single person, not so cheap. 23% of their gross monthly income going to pay rent. That's a big difference. That hurts. So should we get married? We need to go Apparently get married. Apparently right not for the rent, no. <laughs> and that um that that evaluation was done by Forbes magazine who made a whole other list of things that married people can split. You can split your cable television bill, your telephone bill, you're gonna pay less for food. Mm-hmm. Um you get better car insurance because you get in a lower risk rating. Yeah, you can get you can get couples health insurance plans. I know. There's a lot of things that can be split and made cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at some of the things single people are paying for with their hedonistic single lifestyle, things like clothes, going out, gym memberships. Ooh. We're spending more on things like that. Yeah. All that stuff kind of starts to go away once you once you get married because you need to buy the Big ticket items, right? And you can let yourself go. <laughs> yes. Sweatsuits, <laughs> little debbies again. <laughs> That's all you need. But you're right. There are um, big ticket items that married couples start purchasing, which, which do start to even things out. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy a house, probably. You're going to buy your first house or a condo, and you're probably going to need furniture to fill that house. Um, and it probably won't consist of paint-by-number pictures and thrift store furniture like my house. Yeah, hopefully. no more no more uh, thrifting on the furnishings because you're making a life together. Right. You want to have stuff that will last. Um, and but then you but have- that's additional expenses, too. Right. Oh, because you've got the house maintenance, you've got insurance, and, you know, married people are by and large bearing these costs. Uh, according to Forbes, 77% of all homeowners are married. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that single people can't take advantage of this home buying as well. Single people can actually benefit more than married people from the tax breaks from, uh, from, from buying property. Right. So they have, um, a lower deduction basically than a married couple would have. So mm-hmm. if they do buy a house, uh, it works out better in the long run for them. And thanks to that des- deduction, let's say, you know, if you're a single woman and you buy the house, you take advantage of the tax deduction and you save as you would as though you were a married couple, you can actually end up, you know, just as financially secure as that married couple would. Right. You can beat your married neighbors, basically, yes. which is what every single woman wants to do. Especially when you consider that our married neighbors uh, do get a hit when they pay their taxes, mm-hmm. their income taxes. Uh, there are only two ways to file your taxes when you're married. You have to either file jointly or separately but married. You can't just be a single income making your way in there. And uh, basically by being married, if you file jointly, you're going to pay probably an extra $1,000 each than you would if you were single. And you file separately but married, uh, you're each going to pay about 3000 more than mm-hmm. you would if you were single for, you know, more than $6,000 difference just by being a couple. Right. And these things are going to going to change depending on your income bracket. The higher the income bracket you're in, the more the more tax hits that the married couple is going to get because um, new tax codes have uh, sort of lessened that that marriage penalty for people in in the lower tax brackets. But once you start making I mean, a couple's going to be making a decent amount of money. It's not going to be too hard for them to, to hit those higher tax brackets. So, yeah, you're going to take a hit. But, you know, the thing to consider is that, you know, this article on our site basically looks at the couple as a whole. And if we want to take, you know, a female's perspective on it, 
when females get married, they take a huge hit in terms of their wages, especially mm-hmm. once they have children. Uh, I was reading a study that was published in the New York Times that found that when men get married, they start making much more. They have more incentives to make money because they might have a family. They want to support their family, buy those big ticket items, whereas women do not get the same benefit in their wages. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, um, even though women have made plenty of career advancements, we are still more likely to stay at home, to take a break from our careers if we get pregnant. You know, some women decide not to go back to work and they're much more likely to lose money in the process. And when they do decide to go back to work, they're not going to be making on average as much money as a man in the same position would be making. So for, you know, I think this question of whether or not a mar- marriage is a good investment is really a more pertinent question for for the woman to ask. Right, because it does sound like men benefit a lot more from this, uh, this scenario than women do. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying you shouldn't get married. I think that we can go over a few tips for married women that can help you put uh, your financial priorities back on track. Right, because I think, I think, you know, single or married, as long as you're financially savvy, you can end up okay. But there are five common mistakes that married women make. So this list comes from uh, smartmoney.com. And Molly, according to this article, the single largest mistake that married women make when it comes to household finances is handing over the purse strings, letting the man, you know, deal with the finances. He pays the bills. You do the dishes. Big mistake. Well, even if you're not doing the dishes, you know, just maybe one person is handling the bills where this really needs to be sort of a joint partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go over the bills together. It might take a little bit more time, but both parties need to go what's going in or what's coming in, what's going out, where that money is going. Right. And a lot of times if you do run into financial problems, a couple working together rather than a person working independently um, will be more successful at, um, you know, finding a solution than just, you know, if one person's just doing it. And the next tip I, I really liked was you need to have some individual accounts, especially mm-hmm. a credit card. Right. I mean, you think about, oh, well, we got married. Let's just let's merge everything. Let's pull from one pot. That's a bad idea. Bad idea. You need to keep, in addition to, I mean, a joint account is a good thing. You need to have a joint account, but at the same time, you you and your spouse need to have individual accounts as well. Right. This article Kristen's mentioning has sort of a heartbreaking story about a woman who um, was basically just listed as a designated user on her husband's credit card account. And so when they broke up, she didn't have any credit rating of her own. Mm-hmm. But uh, so if you... If you are married, keep your own credit card so that in the unlikely event, no one plans for a divorce, I hope, um, you have credit built up. Mm-hmm. And now, Molly, let's also talk about what happens with, uh, you know, with motherhood. Okay. You get married, decent chance that you will have a kid. So you'll have to take a, at least a few weeks off of, uh, of work. And some women decide to stay home for the first couple of years. What have you? Most important thing that you can do during that time is really try to keep your career skills fresh and somehow stay involved and not completely just fall off the bandwagon so that when, you know, say five years down the road, if you want to pick back up in your job, you're not going to have to be, you know, climbing back up the ladder. Right. And there are some easy ways to do this that don't involve just going wholeheartedly back to work. You could volunteer. You could still get a networking events. Just keeping keeping your doors open. Mm -hmm. And always remember, save for retirement. Right. Even if you've got a joint account, you know, a lot of women have had sort of the accounts knocked out from under them at the last minute. 
You've got to save your own money. Yeah, and, and it's sort of a, a grim reality that we have to face, but we have a 50% divorce rate. You know, flip a coin and you, you, you could end up divorced. And on average, a woman's standard of living decreases by 27% after a divorce. That's a huge hit. And imagine if you also have children, it's going to make a big difference if you have, um, you know, kept your credit history alive and you have fresh career skills and you're still making money and have your own, you know, financial identity squared away. Because even if you're not facing losses like that, divorce is expensive. It is very expensive. That is one con in the pro-con column for is marriage a good investment. The possible cost of divorce. Many things to think about. And you know, if you serve little Debbies at your wedding, do you think you have a higher or lower rate of divorce, Kristen? Oh, Molly. <laughs> I'm going to have to ponder on that one. All right, Kristen, while you ponder, I'm going to direct our listeners over to the article, Is Marriage a Good Investment? And do you know where that article is? Well, I'm going to hazard a guess here and say that it is on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.